Welcome back, everyone, to the show For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 355B. B? B? The second episode for the week. We will now discuss our thoughts on Pain Hustlers, available on Netflix. With you for that discussion, just Grayson Maxwell and Christopher Bond. If you want to hear what happened to Roger, it's weird and it's actually true. You can listen on the A episode. It's 100% factual. Do you do you even remember what you said where he, where, where he is? Uh, I remember because I know I was there. I could say it again. Well, what yeah. is it? Where where where? Tell people where Roger is. So Roger had an unfortunate accident. He had his shirt off in the cold Ohio weather, and his nipples got very hard in that moment and almost basically froze over, turned to glass. He fell down onto his sidewalk and scraped and shattered one of his nipples off cleanly. So he had to go to the emergency room and have a piece of his thigh grafted off and replacing his nipple. So now he has a thigh nipple. Perfect. Thigh. Perfect. So. I'm that's a true story, by the way. Very, very true yep. story. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, so that's where Roger is. And uh, that's where he will be for another few days. But for the episode discussing Five Nights at Freddy's, including the whole box office breakdown, what streaming and trailer talk, check out episode three five five A, posted on Tuesday, November seventh. Well, Chris, let's talk about pain hustlers on Netflix. Let's, let's talk about screwing over a ton of people just to make some money and some of them dying. <laughs> ah, good old American capitalism. <laughs> Get all of America. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some particulars. The tomato meter of Pain Hustlers, 24%. The audience score, you ask, 70%. Wait, the critic score for this is only 24%? That's it, just 24. Holy, no, that is no. You don't think? That's wrong. This I would imagine that's I, I would imagine that's a little low. I don't, I don't know how low it is, but I think that's that's definitely low. How many of those of those negative reviews are Pfizer shills? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's all this feels like. I mean, that's pretty sure, whatever. But like, that's that's the 24% and 70 of the audience score. So somewhere in between 24 and 70, this movie probably sits. I agree and with that. <laughs> with with a Metacritic of 44, so that's much better than 24. So 44. Jesus. Is yeah, that's probably more yeah. accurate. Anywhere from 40 to 50 is probably that you know, really sits. You know, you know, it's funny. In a movie about talking about doctor and other people being bribed, to, you know, to do certain things, it's funny that Rotten Tomatoes currently has this movie at a twenty-four. Uh, so yeah, score. because they hashtag just yeah. saying hashtag scandal. Yeah, hashtag <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes scandal. Yeah, they just went. Oh, they they just man. got hit hard with some flack for that, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Oh yeah, yeah. Good. There's yep. There's now like investigations into if if anything here is like suable and all the other stuff. If anyone's liable, yeah. Oh, there's gosh. there's there's some stuff happening now. God, the American dream is alive and well. I see. Good. Yes. yes. All right. What's uh? You're, if you're taking Roger's place today, what is Pain Hustlers about, Chris? I'm not taking his place. I am my own man. But I'll try this. I'll g- give me a second. All right. So. Uh, pain hustlers is the story of I in, would argue in a, in a nutshell pain pain hustlers. I, yeah. I, I got you, I got you. I would argue two people's journey, uh, taking a com- taking a company from from broke to extremely wealthy in a very short time frame, all on the perceived backs of those around them, and not not caring about how they make their money. Um, that's I mean, look, that happens a lot in this country. I'm sure in, in even in the same industry, this happens a lot. But it's also based around a this is like a real guy. Well, they changed all the names and information, but it's based on a real guy that you, you get kind of after the credits who yep. orchestrated all this and made a ton of money by doing this. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I want to say David Yates as a director, he 
um, I think very admirably did. Um, I think the last three Harry Potter movies, and then all of the he's done a lot. He did all of the like basically all of the Harry Potter movies, right? Like no, almost. No, no, no. He he did six. I think six, seven, seven point part one, seven part two, and then he did uh, the three prequels. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Crimes of Grindelwald, and The Secrets of Dumbledore. So he's done half of them at least. Sure, yeah, he's done quite a few. He's <laughs> he's well yeah. he's well well versed in the Harry Potter world. Let's just say that he's well gotcha, versed. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Harry Potter world, but um, that's so with with a movie being directed by David Yates, and they managed to get Emily Blunt and Chris Evans, two of I think some of the best. Um, the best leads in Hollywood right now for male and female, respectively. Um, I, I, I expected an Oscar movie out of this going going into it. Now I say that because we don't get many trailers going into these Netflix films. We, we, we might see a trailer once, uh, but we don't get much information going into it. But going into it, I, I, I expected an Oscar winner. I did not get an Oscar winner, but... I mean, let's be let's be fair here. Maybe you expect a little too much out of Netflix. Yeah, okay, fair, but Chris Evans, the, a beautiful bastard, and Emily Blunt is always great. I, 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 I <laughs> oh, just no. expected more from those two. I mean, I, I think they probably worked with what they were given. I have I see no problem with their performances in this at all. You know what I mean? Well, like, I don't see nothing wrong with, with them. Her, I don't think any problem. I don't see any problem with her performance. Chris Evans, I think, was 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 a little little more on the on the um phoning it in if 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 one of them was closer to the phoning it in scale it's it definitely him she's she's great um i don't think he did though no i, I, think I, I don't think he phoned it either but i don't, I don't think it's yeah. worthy of this is definitely not chris evans and gifted worthy well well he wasn't given enough screen time for that to happen i mean i think i think if you think about it we see more of of emily blunt and well what was her name liza, liza uh, yeah. we see more of liza and her daughter than we do liza and chris evans it's true Wow, I'm funny you bring that up. Emily, let's go over the cast. Emily Blunt as Liza Drake. Chris Evans as Pete Brenner. Um, and also has Catherine O'Hara, Jay Duplass, Andy Garcia, Brian Darcy James, Chloe Coleman, Amit Shah, Brett Rentschler, and Selena Anzuz. Uh, again, directed by David Yates. So let's talk about Pain Hustlers on Netflix. I got to say, it's. Um, I, I think it's... Didn't they also just do a mini series on something to do with pain meds and making money? Uh, I think yeah, they have. But I mean, so listen, I mean, it, it. This is, I mean, we've heard the phrase opioid epidemic right in the last, you know, of course, however many years. So it, it it's a subject that you know has has actual stake and you know has has a real very recent history in in the United States. So no, it, it's. I think it makes sense that you're going to see a lot of different things from these angles. I'm um, I'm very shocked to see this come out of you know like a space like this with it being you know like movies and stuff. Mainly because you know we've had a very recent uh, comeuppance for you know another very large pharmaceutical company that could kind of like be steered in the same direction. I think, and it's just surprising when we have things in what we've seen in recent history. Like I mean. Does anybody remember the uh, the Pfizer the Pfizer vaccine dance that was on Stephen Colbert's show? Like yeah, yeah. that's like super creepy. That's what I thought about when we have one of the characters in this movie dancing on stage in an in an actual like inhaler outfit. It's weird, man. Like <laughs> a lot of the stuff that people do in this se- like in this section of the United States is odd. But the story they're telling here, I think, is I think it's a good one at least for the most part. I like. I like seeing the perspectives that we get here um, being a whole bunch of different people, but mainly from uh, 
Liza's perspective and how you could really see how someone that you you know isn't a bad person doing things that they know are not right but justifying them all the way through because of the things the, the benefits that they're reaping from it you know what i mean and it's funny to see how along the way while it's little it doesn't seem like a big deal but then as it gets bigger and bigger you make the same justifications to keep on doing the same bad shit and it's something that i think everyone can kind of reflect on in some way shape or form well, I'm I'm glad that you bring that up, and I'm glad this movie addresses it a couple of times because in each time it addresses it, there's a different reason for it, and there's especially with Liza is she really doesn't like she doesn't like screwing people over, and she doesn't even see it as that. But I mean, it, it's also she's so far and deep into it by the time she realizes what's actually happening that it's hard just to undo it all. Which is I'm mm-hmm. the movie does address that in two or three different conversations with um, Garcia and with Chris Chris Evans with her talking to both those characters, she's just she's she's in too deep to to deal with it all. And as the clincher here, the movie has done is she can't just walk away from because she's got to be vested to get money to pay for her child's surgery, which is you know the whole reason she did it anyway. So. Yeah, true. Yeah, but all that comes out at the very end of this film. Right, right. There's there's way more meat in between the, in between of, the of beginning course, and all that. However, I was going to say it's because it's Emily Blunt and because it's Chris Evans, especially because of Emily Blunt, you can tell there there was there was always going to be some more uh, morality arc here for her for her character because Liza is the character we're focusing on, not not Pete Brenner, but Liza here is, uh, and there's there's definitely a morality arc that, and I'm I'm glad that like she didn't. When everything comes to pass and there's the trial and the court case is, I'm, I, w- I would imagine that Emily Blunt being an executive producer on this was pretty heavy on steering it. So Liza never really was trading, doing what she's doing for money. And I'm glad that distinction is made. You know what I'm talking about? Like she, she never like shrugged her shoulders and did it anyway for the money. Pete did. Pete had no problem with it. Neither did neither the Garcia character. Neither to anyone else in that doing what they were doing. None of them had had any problem with that. But her character, I'm glad, did have some kind of moral conundrum about this whole thing, and never didn't, never didn't have the moral conundrum. Okay, well, I mean, I don't know if she never didn't have the moral conundrum. I think she had a she had concerns on ethics in regards to if they could do the things they were doing and if they should. But she definitely was okay with like you know the beginnings of this and the like low impact it might have been having, you know, in a negative way, like, you know, the throwing the parties, the, what they called the speaker meetings, like throwing the speaker meetings. She knew she was the one that decided not to do it on the up and up. So you can't say that she didn't, it didn't it, like, she was like always bothered by the moral a- ambiguity of it. She was bothered by the way it was impacting people directly. Once it became, well, that's, that, that, that's, what I, that's what I mean is she didn't want to do harm to people is, and, it, and then when yeah, she but, re- you realized what was happening, she was it was it was too late. That's what I, that's what I really appreciate about this one, though. Is yeah. I, I hear what you're saying about the speaker programs, but she saw it as fuck it, we'll just do it. Like she saw it as like I'll just make this happen. Who cares? I want the money. So, but she didn't see it as destroying people's lives in the process. She didn't quite understand that was what was going on yet, which is what I, I really, really kind of enjoyed about this one. But just to start, I, I love how they started with the black and white interviews of talking about characters and. That's that's an interesting way to do things, especially creatively, because then you you, you can establish, you you can info dump so much so fast, and your your audience is aware of what it is, so you can kind of pick and choose where to start um, creatively 
with what they say versus where where you're starting with Liza in in the story anyway. And, and I, I always like that as a tool because it's it's not one that's used a lot, but it's very effective when it is because it, it allows you a lot more creative freedom. Uh, I've I've always thought, and I think Yates really kind of mm-hmm. acted on that. I'm really happy that they oh. did that. Oh yeah, I mean they they had they had a they had multiple scenes where you know the culmination of those open interviews really like come to light and you see how they got to where they did and i thought that was that was a clever usage of it you know a lot of narration in between but i think this is one of those films where like you know the narration isn't a huge negative which people have for some reason so i don't know i think it does play out in ways that you know engages you because of you know some some things down the road but you don't know how they get there which is kind of neat I would agree with that. And also with the narration, it, it, it's all Liza's character. It's all Liza doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think this is for, this is her story. Um, I think the narration is like a, if you have Emily Blunt, you use Emily Blunt to the fullest. Um, maybe, I think that's where the, the, same. Where the nar- narration came from. I don't think that was in the first draft. Uh, I think okay. once they established who was going to be in it, they, that may have came, but I don't think it was in the first draft. I'm saying it may have come in later draft, but um, I, I, I don't think that the negative is a the sorry the the narrative the, I don't think it's a negative uh, as either and I don't it's interesting because usually you and I like we're very kind of tempted on that yeah it, I like I, I I can see you know like people bring up the whole like narrations of an instant red flag kind of thing but I don't agree with that but I do understand how it can be used you know almost like you know I have no idea what to do here so we'll just narrate the open I I, I can see this being like kind of like a cop out thing but it, it's I do believe it probably has its purposes, and I don't. I think it's fine here. Um, so, Liza and Pete. Uh, Liza is recruited by Pete to. She then begins uh, the whole selling. You're you're trying to get dr- doctors to write scripts, which then it it makes money going down and down and down and down. It's kind of like a pyramid scheme, whatever they call those, like temple schemes, what they call try to get people to do these days, uh, yeah. in in the in the medical world, which involves coercing doctors or paying them any way to get them to write your script for the medicine, the, the IPO you're backing. And it all just yep. goes down this wild, wild ride of rabbit hole. Um, it's, but it's, it, it, it's one that we, that in the news, you can find probably hundreds of these stories in the news in the last 10 years alone, especially oh, yeah. in that, in the Florida region, mm-hmm. which tends to be huge for scripts like that. Because it's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's like a retirement state. So I could definitely see, see that, but I mean, if I'm going to look at my my first impressions, this movie was I was more impressed in the beginning of, for the last few days than me thinking about it, how the characters react, how the characters kind of maybe weren't as well defined as was I thought they were in the beginning. Is the giving me more time to think about it, the worse this movie gets in my head. So well, when I when I first got done with the movie, I'll say this: and you're sorry, I don't mean to monopolize this conversation. Here, 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 when here. I when I first when the credits first started to roll, I was like, I was. I was really happy with this movie. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was well written, and then I started to think of how some of the events played out. I'm like, well, maybe it's not as well written as I thought. So that well, was my first. Uh, well, I mean, so it's not a bad first impression. I don't think. I, I think that I think that I felt similar in 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 like where I can identify things wrong with this movie. This movie, I think, is awesome in Act One. Like the 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 first half of this movie is a is a much more satisfying piece than the second half. And I think it all comes down to like act three kind of happens really fast. And I don't know it, it. Like, I feel like there was a better middle and end in to this movie someplace, right? Like 
this is the one time where like you know i think i would have been okay if netflix would have like had a had this movie be longer because i think there's a better story here to dig into like the either i think either there's more here where you dig into the patients and the people that were became addicted because we get a glimpse right there's a couple of characters actually one in particular where like he's telling his story of like how he becomes addicted to this and needs it and you know how he's getting by how he's deteriorating his teeth and stuff and like but it's just it's just a small little tidbit that gets sprinkled in i think that getting more of that like getting a deeper look at like this really breaking down a couple people's lives because we also see it definitely like it definitely tore apart uh, the family that she was bunked with early on in that in D block, right? So either I think they could have shown more of like how some of these people's lives were upended by this drug, or they could spend more time in the court and do kind of like you know a small like you know courtroom drama thing. That's what I see. I I, I agree with you. And they could have done a courtroom drama thing where we where we get the story through the snippets of the court process happening is in we kind of get the story as it progresses. So the, 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 the jury and the judge also get the story. So that's kind of how we're experiencing. I thought maybe an interesting yeah. way. And what I said, I like what you said about um, the, the, the impact that Eliza was seeing is what I was expecting to happen and what didn't happen. And I'm kind of surprised because like it's the, the movie sets it up very well and just doesn't go down this path, but I kind of wanted, and this may be because the whole moral implication implication thing is, I was really excited for something that never that never came in the form of Liza realizing what she was doing is she was trading her daughter's life to be vested, make the money and get out. She was trading her daughter's life for the lives of the people that she had like for instance that family on in the motel D block that she yeah. kind of she was neighbors with is I wanted that kind of she was weighing the pros and cons of saving her daughter versus throwing other people's lives away and, and that, that that never came because the story never went went that way but i thought it'd been interesting yeah, if yeah. she that was her kind of that was what's weighing on her conscience because she's trading these people's lives for money which because she needs it to pay for her daughter's very expensive operation which insurance yeah, does not but, cover yeah but you keep okay, so like like i I'm, i don't want to criticize you here but like you keep on saying that but that wasn't her that wasn't her drive until the end of the movie she didn't give a shit about her daughter's surgery until like you know, she had to have the surgery she wasn't making that money to for, for her daughter she's making that money for them in their life and like to have a bit to well, prove no, I, herself I, and have respect and all that yeah i understand like, that but she she, she does learn of the operation before she's really into the money making of what's going on true but she's never thinking about that <laughs> like I don't like know. she's I not like most things she does is based on getting a better life for her, her daughter Getting a better life for them, yes. To get her operation done, no. She could she could have done it way sooner. If she doesn't get that nice fancy condo, if she doesn't buy all the cars, she I guarantee you in rent and everything else that she paid, she had four hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, that's probably that's probably more accurate. You know? Probably right, but again, yeah. I wanted I wanted the movie to go down that. I thought it'd been interesting to balance the lives, true, true. yeah, live a life with a life. And the movie, movie doesn't go there, and I'm surprised it didn't, given the caliber of talent you have here to explore maybe a yeah. little deeper of a of a script here. But it didn't it didn't go there, and I was kind of because otherwise, what again? And another thing that didn't happen is, do you remember towards I don't know, maybe the second half towards the end, as she's looking at the names of the people, and she sees 
one name she sees on the list of ODing is the husband of the family that she yeah. was next. I expected her to, as she was going down the list of, because the guy, she kept seeing people in hallways and they kept like looking back at her and she kept like, I know that person. Where's it from? And it, I kind of wanted her to go through that list. And then the a weird, like fourth wall breaking thing where the person would stop in the hallway and turn around and just stare at her. I mean, stare at the camera as is her. So we know that it's really getting into her and the movie didn't do that either. And I thought, although that was a, that was a slam dunk it was like, Oh, oh yeah. Well, the, the movie sets that up and they don't even do it, which I'm kind of disappointed with, but um, True. Well, especially because Eliza's whole thing is she's never okay with what's going on with the people that it's hurting after she realizes what's wrong with the drug. And it's not really a, it's not the, the, the godsend that she thinks it was that like, that's kind of her thing is what have I done to these people? Who have I destroyed? Which is what I yeah, want to explore more of. I think it's more of, so you're not wrong with what you just said, but I don't think it's once she realizes, I think, she knows i think it's once once she finally lets that realization hit her because don't forget it shows her multiple times at her whales clinic right so she shows up there a couple times and each time she gets out there there's more and more people out, outside Correct. in line there's more and more people inside waiting and they're all super happy they're all extremely and they're all in good cheer and good spirits blah 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 they're all smiling they're all joking everything looks fine but then when she finally pulls up and he's not there and they start to mob her, she sees that their teeth are rotted. They're not happy. They're not actually, they're, they're, they're all zombified. And I think that's something that was very subtle that they didn't, that they never actually explained to you what's happening there. Those people I think were, were all from the second half of the movie on those people weren't happy and cheery and waiting in line. Fine. They were all jonesing for their next fix. And I don't think she saw it. I think no, she it, saw that everyone was being helped. It's all perspective. Yeah, how yeah. She I think that she was doing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it's it's the way that she wanted to see it all, and like almost like she refused to see it until it finally did weigh on her enough to where she wanted to make changes. I want to talk about one. I want to talk about the doctor in particular, um, played by Brian Darcy James. Mm-hmm. Um, her yeah. her whale is the guy that she yeah. convinced to write the scripts for Lonifin instead of the other drug that they that she he had been using is yeah I kind of like the it's hard to talk about like the comedic effect in a movie like this because it's a movie about people that are really getting screwed over but I I, I like kind of his portrayal of going from this just this this popular but average doctor in, in in a white lab coat to like he's he's going to work in like the newest shoes and like the newest track suit and like he's kind of a star yeah, yeah. the people are like kissing his hand like you just said they're like they're like kissing his hand and like bowing down to him because he has listen listen everybody's happy when their drug dealer shows up mm. <laughs> that's very true that's also very true um yeah and then I, I like again. We we don't see many that we 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 follow what's going on with the story through one doctor through him, through his yeah. what happens to him and like I, I kind of like that too. How he becomes even his head gets bloated so far beyond what it should be that I mean mm-hmm. even he sees things as not reality anymore. His head gets so bloated that he grows hair back. It's crazy. That's <laughs> true. It's true. He he does, and it's just I, I I like the I like how the movie does how it draws those comparisons between like what how they see things and what what actually are. That's also yeah. a very clever way to do that. And I kept wanting it to again. This is me wanting it, but I kept wanting to come back to the daughter and the mother of that. Like her reality is sorry, not the doctor. The 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 daughter and the mother is her reality is her daughter. 
in the mother, yeah. especially when because the mother is like an also Catherine O'Hare is one of those um, the characters that she was also kind of a weird one for me. Like she's very unlikable at some points, but then she's like, and then all all of a sudden mom? she swifts to like, and then she then she's a mom and a grandma, and she's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to it's hard to like that character when they flip flop like that, or when the when well, the writing has people, them flip flop like like that. So here's that thing, people. There, there's that exact person that does flip flop like that though. Like like that, that's like a real personality trait. So that's something that that is not a caricature. That's like that's like that's somebody's mom out there. Like hundred percent. Oh, it's, it's, I'm sure it's a lot of moms. Well, a lot of people out yeah. there for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but it's the thing is like uh, how the movie chooses to show that is through through the mother character, through the Catherine O'Hara character. Is um, I like how they do, this, especially with her with with her getting into the program and then her interaction with um, Garcia, the, the the boss's character is is even it's yep. kind of interesting because like then we see the other the, side of that of what happens when the the the, the, the primary investor. Yeah, the 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 game is played against them is it's it's just like a lose lose for for so many of these people. Yeah, oh, yeah. the movie does a good job of pointing that out. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this is this is what I call like I mean I, I refer to it as like the like the the like the Emily Blunt effect or the Chris Evans effect or I think this movie is going to be seen as better than it actually is. Because of those two, and I and I was guilty of it. As soon as I see those two names, I'm like, "Yep, this movie's gonna be great." Like, there's no way it can't be great. Well, and, so uh, so here's the thing. I think I think the movie's good. I don't I don't, I don't think it's great. I think the the movie has such a strong start, but its ending definitely does peter out in in some ways. And I think there is a better movie with a little bit more runtime. That I do think they dropped the ball on that ending. I think it I think it does fall very flat. It's very deflating. But in the end, you know, it's what we got and. Honestly, I think the performances were fantastic between Emily Blunt and Chris Evans. I think their interaction in like in a couple scenes, you know, he I mean, he's playing the sle- you know, the sleazy dirtbag, you know, sales guy, right? So it's like, you know, he does that very well and he's very charismatic as he does it and all these other things that happen. Their interactions together are great when they're kind of like partnered up in scenes like against like, you know, other people in the company or when they're pitching ideas. I think it's all very good, and very well done. Their um their parking garage scene though is I think fantastic. They're oh, both great in that scene. The argument, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like hugely good. It, oh yeah, that's it, it, it's a fantastic that's, scene. That's the best exchange in the movie, I think. Is is that one? I mean, that's that's yeah. got to be the best exchange in the movie, right? It has to be, or at least one of the top three. Be- between between two characters, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think even no matter how long I wanted, no matter how much I wanted the Garcia character to have. He's too weird of a guy to the Andy Garcia character. He's too weird of a guy to have that interaction with anybody. He's too like anal with the phones and like, don't, don't touch me. Don't get near me. He would just shut it down before it became like a thing. Like he, 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 had, that, he had that presence. Yeah. He, he did shut it down several times too. Is oh, yeah. like, but like all these characters is we're all, we're all looking at, we're all, we're, we're looking at tropes. Like this movie's full of trope characters and trope plot points all over the place. Like there's, there's nothing new here, inventive here, and I think that it's it's a tough call when you have the same story that you've seen over and over and over and over again. That it's um, it's it's a tough because everything about this movie is. I mean, think of think of uh, her character in the beginning. It's every everything of her character is a movie trope in some way. I, I can agree with you that a lot of these characters are tropey, but the story being told here hasn't really been dug into in a movie sense that often, like the amount of money that they're making, 
how the money's being made, what it's doing to the people around. It's not it, like up to this point, I can't think of many movies that have talked about like the pharmaceutical companies in this light before it hasn't happened. And I'm, and I'm okay with it happening because there's a lot of issues with, with all of that right now. And it makes sense to put some light on it again. I think the move like that vessel in being this movie, they did it with a decent movie and a big cast, which I'm okay with. I think there's been several. And again, I think Netflix just had a, they just had a mini series about that with Michael Keaton or something in the pills. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong about that, but I think well, no, there's but, more but, than I, th- I think there's more of these than you think. Maybe they maybe they don't uh, get like wide release. Recent, recently, but not not over time that I can think of. No, you know, I, I I don't think these happen very often. Like against pharmaceutical companies specifically, you know what I mean? Like we've seen like you know the big guy is crushing the little guy and you know causes people to die or you know have issues or to be displaced and like that all gets brought down. There's plenty of courtroom dramas that have that exact subject, right? Uh, but like I don't think like I think recently we might like this might this might be like the second or third movie in the last five years that actually goes against like, you know, like, you know, you know, insurances and drugs and, you know, bribery in that sense. Sure, sure. sure. And it's well, that that's that's some more. I mean, I don't mean to be weird to say, it, but like that's some of the more interesting stuff oh, in yeah, this movie. It is. It's like how they navigate that and make it sound so easy and and uh, easy and just what's the word I'm looking for? Just so natural. They they just yeah. all those conversations like especially those conversations they they have around like the some of the early conversations they have around we got to get it's very nonchalant right it, but it's just it seems so natural and easy for them to have the conversation and oh we'll just do this and do this and do this and so like, oh well I know nothing about pharmaceuticals so I have to agree with what they're saying is probably correct because yeah, I know yep. nothing about pharmaceuticals I don't know how many people know yep. about pharmaceuticals but um, I mean and I, I don't imagine that this is I imagine that some of the names here are true and some of like the major events but I imagine a lot of this movie is uh, oh yeah it's got to be yeah no, you, be, you're right you're right uh, what do you what do you, what do you call it creative liberties Dr- dramatized even yeah dr- dr- yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this is a hugely dramatized movie but I mean sure that the oh, core yeah. is correct I mean the fact that people do this and push drugs from for money when they know that it doesn't work is that's like as as old as medicine has, has been around for sure. Um, well, like that study they talk about at the end, and so like this is why, you know, <laughs> this is one of the main reasons why you should never believe a, just like a blatant claim on a study ever, um, unless you've like looked into things yourself. But you know, he like they keep on saying the whole one percent, you know, uh, addiction rate in in a major study, an independent study, but it's like. There's a guy that breaks down what the study actually tracked and who it actually involved and what their actual histories were. And it's like, oh, God, like, of course, you know, of course, all this was said and got through and was approved in this way after this one study. But it's because you learn about everyone that's involved in all the details of that. And that's something that happens all the time that people don't. You know, no one ever like thinks beyond the headline, right? And I think this does a good job of highlighting that exact, like, that exact fallacy that people seem to cling to a lot when they're talking about things that they disagree with 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 other people. There's a lot more beneath the surface that you know needs to be touched on, but never gets touched on because all you need is the headline. And I think this movie is a good vessel for that discussion as well for people. Well, it's very it's very relevant because I'm, we 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 live in like a soundbite society where all you get these little soundbites, especially on like Twitter or YouTube, is you, you you see one of the seventeen sides of the story, and it's yeah. it's tailored to make you think that it is, it is one way, and it's not. It's of course it is not, but you're right. I mean, it is. I mean, this 
I, I guess Twitter or now X is a good way to look at this movie. Like you're, you're, you're getting it from a very, you know, biased point of view, how this went down. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's kind of weird to think about, but um, I do, I do like this movie and I do think that if we're going to move in to score it, it's, it's not going to be very high, but um, I, I, do, <laughs> I do think it's, you know, a five is where this movie sits. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see that. I mean, again, like, I think this movie's good. I don't think it's great. I think this movie's just fine. Again, this movie starts out really strong, and I feel like it just it didn't have a strong. It didn't know how how it wanted to finish. It knew it knew the story that it was going to tell. It knew the results of that story. It just didn't know how to get there in a creative way, and because of that, it kind of just like all kind of just stops all of a sudden. And the predictable things that you kind of see them setting up those dominoes definitely fall the way that they're going to fall. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a film that's just a, it, it's a really, I think it's slightly above average though. Like I'd rather watch this again than on other films. Like if my, if my wife wanted, cause she didn't get to watch this with me, if she wanted to watch this, I'd watch it again. So this has got to be like a six, you know, in my book, it's, it's got some great star power. It's got some great dialogue. It's got, it's, it's a very interesting story and it's stylized enough. I, I think it's fine. I think it's a six. I think it could have benefited from maybe a little less of the comedy and more of the drama. <laughs> maybe. maybe. I mean, this, this is a human drama story. I mean, it, it, I mean, it's it involves people oh, yeah. that get scammed out of life, all yeah. for all for someone's dollar, and it's just you know, maybe a little would have been a better look to not have so much the the attempt at comedy, not to be so 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 numerous, and have more of the dramatic angle. But I mean, look, the maybe. Movies, Netflix has the money. They want this is how they wanted to do it, and this is how they wanted to do it. So I mean, like I said, I think this is one of the rare cases where you tack on thirty, like twenty or thirty minutes, and you dive further into the like the victim side of it or the court side of it, and I think you have a full, what feels like fleshed out story to what they wanted to tell here. I just, I just think that they, they thought a different route and they went it. So well, you know, again, movie's fine. I'd watch it again if you asked me to. I think you're right about, but of those two, I think uh, the movie is better when you dig into when you dig into the victim side of it instead of the courtroom. If you're going to go yep. one or the other, it's more powerful because there's a lot of those victims where people that she knew and she 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 like personally wanted to get on this drug. Yeah, so, because I mean they go into it about yeah. the Garcia characters selling this selling this line about how his wife died in pain and. After she was gone, he just got behind developing this drug that would help out people like her just not be in pain. Um, I, again, I don't know if he was. I, I kind of like the fact that you don't really know if that's true or not at the end of this. Like, did, did did he feel bad for what he was doing, or didn't he? I mean, probably not. That's not the personality he had. You know what I mean? He definitely believed in you know, and selling what he could to people that would buy it and making his money that way that's well, making uh, his company that that way sure oh yeah 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 again i i don't know why but we go ahead oh i was gonna say no he, he has no problem making his money off so like he sees it as he's making money off of the back of you know the uh like you know the insurance system and all that kind of thing and you know the drug that he's created he doesn't care what happens to everybody else around him no not at no, all No, he, he does not um but again i was <laughs> given given how we've scored this is I, I don't know why i keep doing this thing where i i expect better from netflix and i'm let down all the time by netflix. <laughs> why do i keep why do i keep doing this to myself 
I mean, so let's be honest. Netflix every now and then has a something has something very very good, something that is really thought provoking or or super entertaining and such. It's just you know, it, it it's it's just not all. It's just not usually the case because of how much volume they put in there instead of how much quality they put in there. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people think that everything they make is going to be quality, but you know, it doesn't pan out that way. It's not the same vision as they start with, and I don't know. I don't know why you keep thinking it's going to be gold every time. You know, I think that that, that sounds like a you issue. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is. It is. I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I mainly, I, I feel like is this. Well, given the time of year this they released it, this has only been released for like a week. Is I feel like they thought they had something on their hands, but you don't. Companies, I'm asking you kind of rhetorical question. I don't know the answer to, but yeah, yeah. These big streaming services, they don't release something that they don't know pretty sure where it's going to score. Like they don't. I like, mean, they, they don't release what they think is a ten, and it gets a three. Is my point? They know it's a three. Yeah, but they also know when they've. Got, they're also pretty sure that they got a seven, and it ends up being a four. You know what I mean? Like that happens a lot. I think. That's fair. Um, there's also just, there's also there's also things they have to follow through with. Like I think you've said it before. You don't know what the movie actually looks like until it's cut and edited and pulled all the way through, right? You know, you're filming scenes out of order. You have an idea and you have a storyboard. You've got a mindset and you got all this kind of stuff. But like, you don't know how this pans out until you see it, until it's done. So like a lot of times, I'm sure directors and writers all think that this is going to be great, and then whether it be bad acting or poor script choices or you know what all these other things that play into it, once it's cut, it's like well now they have obligations to put it out there because someone someone acted in it that you know that their work deserves to be seen and all this other stuff. So you know it's I think it all just boils down to that system and the way it works. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I keep you taken in by Netflix. However, the next week we're watching two things by Netflix. Yeah, see, we never learn. Let's go. Well, no, I mean, we do keep, but like they also pump out like way more than the other services do. So, you know, <laughs> but I mean, listen, when your service costs thirty nine ninety nine a month, you, I bet you could afford to pump out a whole bunch of, you know, Wait, stuff, that, so it's fine. Netflix isn't up to thirty nine ninety nine a month, is No, is no, I'm, I, I, I'm being facetious. No, it's not. <laughs> but I don't even know how much. Not, I, I, knew, I gotta find out how much fun. I'm paying Netflix. How much is it? It's probably it's probably thirty. Close to. I have to no it. idea how much I'm paying for my monthly. I got. I should probably check that out. The standard subscription that's, is is ninety nine have in the UK. Yeah, um, which is more like thirteen or fourteen. But like, I feel like mine's higher than that. Much much higher. Uh, the Netflix premium subscription cost at this point, I think, is twenty two ninety nine. But it's going to go up another four dollars or something, isn't it? So it'll be it'll be almost thirty bucks. It'll be twenty seven. That's so much money for one. Be, I mean, given how in the fact that when all these started, you can get them all for less than $27. Yep. Gee, my God. Anyway, well, thank you, Chris. <laughs> it's, it's a little yeah, depressing no thing about how much money, like, they all, all the all the services like that know that they all have this kind of gentleman's agreement that, like, well, no one will get rid of any of us if we all just keep going up a little bit each month. Then they won't notice for a long time. And then, you know, we have. You know, it's it's weird, like gentlemen's agreement. They'll have like, well, you go up a dollar, you go up twenty five. Well, cents. so so we we talked about this in the first episode. So harken back to that if you'd like to, you know, hear a little bit of discussion on money and the way that movie theaters costs are going up with like Dasani water. But like, <laughs> it, I think it's more of the thought of all these companies are operating as if as if everyone has expendable income. So they don't mind raising their prices because they assume that people will just pay it because it's expendable income. So I think that's where it comes from. And 
they're okay with raising the price of something by, you know, let's say, you know, 10% or whatever. And if they lose, if they lose X amount of people because of the price increase, but they retain this amount, then they know that the risk is, there's no risk there. It's only, it's only possibility of, of benefit at that point until they see a big dip in subscribers or less Dasani water sold, you know, they won't change that because people, someone's paying for it. So they don't change it unless the, the, the issues around them change. So, well, Chris isn't paying for Dasani water. That's for damn sure. Nope, nope. I'll bring a cup of filled water from the bathroom in the movie theater. No big deal. Scrape straight out of the toilet. That's all Chris needs. I, toilet water. Listen, <laughs> I, I don't need antibiotics. I am antibiotic. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, sir. <laughs> you drink your toilet water. You drink it. All right, this has been episode 355B B. of For Love Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. Roger is at at Rog Stillian. And I have no X. Mm-mm. I'm starting to think you're never going to have an X. I don't so ever long. plan on it. Good. Nope. I don't. I don't plan on it. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on the social media. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at two Netflix properties All the Light You Can See, which is a four episode, 55, four episode, four 55 minute episodes, and Sly on Netflix about Sylvester Stallone. Yes.